Greetings, nerds. Seen a nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? Doing fine. I had, I had some unexpected visitors about an hour before this. Well, um, but because we took 15 minutes with um, the pre-show, I think that it's going to be an interesting night. Yeah, well, we, you know, we're warmed up now. Hopefully, it will, the energy will carry forward, especially given the topic that we were discussing. Uh, got got our, our collective brains moving and flowing, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I just, I love when, when I have, um, when I have fuel to just make fun of the DCEU, and, <laughs> and as put, poetically by Mark Bernardin on Fat Man on Batman, their most recent episode, there was a fan cast of Eobard Thawne in the new Flash movie. And in my world, Will, this will actually happen, and Anthony Starr, Homelander himself, will play that part. (laughs) I And I am 100% on board with with that casting. Uh, And and because... You know, as we were discussing during the pre-show, of course, Tom Cavanaugh has become the the you know signature actor for for capturing Eobard Thawne, and and of course Matt Lester as well with his portrayal and both the Flash whenever we saw the real face of Thawne, but also uh, when we saw him on Legends of Tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Thawne's definitely a character that's been out there for quite a bit. And, of course, comic book fans know he is, you know, he's the, he's the Joker to, to the Flash. He's, he's that type of level of villain for, for the Flash. So um, one of the things you noted well, very well, is this need to be adored and loved. And, you know, and yeah. that really gets touched on in, in the comic book that we were discussing before the show. And. Uh, and, and we see those kind of parallels in the voice with Homelander. Yeah. Yeah. That I thought you you know you made a great point, but uh, it, it, and quite frankly, Anthony Stark really uh, really bring that pathos and energy to to the role. That uh, you know, again, I I think that's just a I think that's a brilliant idea by Bernardin. And uh, if you're listening, DCEU. Uh, you're looking for your thon. Make sure your folks call Anthony Starr's agent. Yeah, I mean, I the the hard part is he he is Homelander right now, and yeah. he will be for at least three more years. Granted, we'll probably not get the Flash movie for another five years. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Even though Black, Black even though that, yeah, even though Black Adam actually has some casting news this week. Uh, but well, even they, and they don't even they don't they don't even have a date yet. So. What's their cast? Oh yeah, that one girl got cast. Yeah, yeah, that one girl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know her name. I don't. Yeah. I I yeah I I, I remember I think, the cast. Piece. Yeah. No, no, I was just gonna say that it was funny preparing for this show this week because there was some serious consultation about not having it. Um, because there wasn't that many news items. And I think that overall, retrospectively, there were a lot of news items. However, because we live in a world of COVID and everything is delayed in the movie theaters, AMC, running out of money, probably by early 2021, these announcements 
they come off as jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do because you know I was just looking at uh, looking at some of the things from Deadline today, and you know they, there's these various projects. Like for example, Bill Clinton had a, a President's Missing a project that he had was going to do it for Netflix, and because because of that, the of COVID it got canceled. And you know we've seen uh, I'm not okay with this get canceled because of COVID and other projects that are in planning stages get canceled shows that are in production get getting canceled because they just can't film and so you know covid is just continuing to just mess up uh so many so many aspects of our lives from uh just the day-to-day things that we do to our entertainment you know you name it so yeah, it's just, it is, um, the longer this goes on, the more the entertainment industry suffers, and there's a lot of uncertainty. There's, um, for not only going to the movies, but just movies, TV shows in mm-hmm. general, because, as we all know, they they first have to be shot right, <laughs> before right. they can ever be delivered, and, and there's a lot of of jobs involved in that it really and seeing the side effects of covid i mean at first glance you think oh yeah the actors who are paid millions of dollars to do these things are put out of work for for a few months but they have savings but the reality is it goes beyond that we're talking about the crew Mm -hmm. and the people who are on the set the pas who this is they live paycheck to paycheck and show to show and so it, there are so many jobs being put on the line and yeah. much less movie theaters with um, Regal Cinemas announcing their layoffs as they temporarily shut down everyone. I think it's around 40,000 jobs. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it is a gigantic industry that is put in significant peril. And, yeah. and I'm not trying to say like that, that it's less or more than others because everyone is suffering um, through all of this um, uncertainty. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and and it really is changing how <laughs> production companies and studios are are even looking at the model moving forward. I mean, you, when you look at the news this week with Disney, for example, mm-hmm. where they you know consolidate consolidating divisions. And really, and just freely admitted that they're going to now start focusing more of their efforts on some of their streaming platforms, uh, you know, instead of trying to get things for for the big movie theaters. So, you know, again, and it's just it's the ripple effects of these things. And uh, you know, before we started recording, I was just I just saw where Warner Brothers and Universal was like, no, we're we're not going to do buyouts or you know to to support movie theaters either. So, I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they are, they're still holding, you know, some of the studios are still holding on to hope that some things can really be, you know, that the theater going experience can continue once we, you know, get to a place where people, when we have a vaccine, two, when people feel comfortable going to theaters again, because yeah, I've just, I'll just saw polling data here in, in my state, here in North Carolina, where people are still, very even though we reopen theaters people are still very leery about going uh, at at this juncture yeah 
Yeah, and I think I think they still will be even after whatever this is, is because when I mean we're creatures of routine, mm-hmm. and at some point the routine was we go to the movies, we see these big tentpole films, and there's an experience, a shared experience about it. Yet we've survived seven months without that. And we've developed new routines, found new sources of entertainment and new content. And when you say that Disney is consolidating their um, their divisions to focus more on streaming, all I hear is Black Widow sooner as opposed to later. Yeah. <laughs> so all I hear, all I hear is, oh, they're going to do it. Kevin Feige, <laughs> just, just pull the trigger, pull yeah. the trigger on that. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's like game over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Which, which is funny because later on we do we have been watching some things, and it's interesting in just looking at what both between the two of us have been watching. It's predominantly HBO Max, and and so I think that Disney is also noticing this other streaming platform um, with this quality of content that, yeah, Disney has a lot of nostalgia. They have the MCU, they have, um, their, their animated features and all of that, but they are targeted towards children, like their content. And, and so now they're seeing this, um, HBO Max just take off. And as they, they're, they're known for more adult content, so I, I think that that's another reason why they made that announcement this week. Yeah, uh, you're, you're totally right. You're totally right. And, you know, and, and get into your point about the theater experience and communal uh, aspects of it. And, and I was thinking Black Widow. I couldn't help but think about Wonder Woman and how um, Patty Jenkins was really hoping that they will stick to the Christmas Day release so that they can you know so we can you know because it, it it the idea would be that it's a lifeline and it's a, it's a shot in the arm around the holidays for for the theater industry and and the larger entertainment industry as well to, to you know actually get a big film out in in 2020 uh, hey yeah and then, and then, what do they do? She makes that statement, and they turn around and sign her on to make the new Cleopatra film with yeah. her leading lady Gal Gadot. Um, why, why give her another film? She's refusing to let us. Have this <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see it. Yeah, this one, um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Is the is the film to really bring people back for whatever reason? Um, I I think I think if I had to choose, if you if um, between black seeing Black Widow on screens or seeing Wonder Woman, I'd probably go with Black Widow. Mm. I mean, just be and even and even then, I'm just like release it on streaming. I. These movies at this point in time, I, I see the CGI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. Okay. I can watch it on my, my TV screen. I don't know where I'm going with this point, but uh, I, yeah, yeah I, I just, I think you better have a plan B. There we yeah. go. 
you, you yeah. better release it. And when you notice the numbers are not there, get the, the heck on streaming. Yeah. Because, it, yeah. 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 It actually, yeah. That's, that's, that's so true. And actually, I think if I recall, one of the, uh, I think some of the deals that Universal Studios and AMC actually made was uh, that they would actually allow for films to get released for about 17 days or so. And then quickly, you know, just so they could get that theatrical run and then allow that, you know, shorten the time it, that it will take it to get to, um, to streaming platforms and stuff. So they, you know, so the they, studios and the theater industries already are adjusting uh, to this new environment. So theoretically, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they keep, but they keep releasing stuff like as we were saying, you know, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot announcing that they're they won the bidding rights to to to, to film a, a new Cleopatra film at some point. We don't need, but yeah, yeah. Or, so are you are you a stickler for the Richard Burton and uh, Elizabeth Taylor version? <laughs> I don't think I've seen it. I, I honestly don't. I just I um Troy didn't the movie Troy have something to do with Cleopatra or am That's, I thinking about something else? I think you're thinking about something else. Um, cause, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, Elizabeth Taylor, you know, I mean, I, well, I think of Cleopatra, only, yeah, uh, you know, clearly, at least in an entertainment context, I automatically go to go to that film. Oh, uh, I'm so glad you brought this up because clearly we don't know what we're talking about. So I'm trying to move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that wasn't it. But now I'm stuck. Oh, that was Helen of Troy. Yeah, yeah. A little Troy, Troy. Yeah. Okay, guys, it's been a long week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are trying to basically vamp about topics that we view as jokes. So yeah. um, one thing that isn't a joke that did get released this week is the Batman set images, which will, yes. If the Batman was releasing this year on Christmas Day, yeah. Yeah. I, I think people would go see it. <laughs> I, I really think that movie can 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 be the kick that the theater theaters need <laughs> yeah yeah you know i was i was talking about last week where i saw where amc theaters uh, you could rent out a theater for 100 bucks mm -hmm. i actually might i would probably do that for this movie <laughs> yeah because yeah. because you don't want the noise you don't want the people you just want to enjoy the experience on the big screen all of the action the images and and I, I'm not, again, I'm not seeking out content about the Batman. I'm already sold. Yeah. I am sold to probably go repeated viewings. Um, unless it sucks, which it could. But I don't think it will. Um, the images I did see on Twitter, though, they're fine. They're set images. Um, very cool things that people are noticing the details that are being incorporated into this movie yeah. um we saw a lot of catwoman we saw more penguin which again every time i see an image of penguin i think to myself that is not colin farrell <laughs> 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 but it is but it's so not <laughs> it's just so weird <laughs> it is it really is um but yeah i just I mean, I it, I think the other week when we were talking about it being closed, because uh, shut down because our pats got COVID, it was like this black cloud. But now seeing these images, it's like no, this 
we're going to do this Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're going to release it in theater. (laughs) This will happen. So it kind of is, it's hopeful. Yeah, definitely, definitely gave us all hope to see that this film is back in production and hopefully they can continue it. And because, you know, already a quarter of it has already been shot. So, uh, so hopefully they can, you know, continue the rest of the production and do so safely and, and, and then it can get the post-production. Yeah. Yeah. But put a lid on it guys. I mean, again, we, we got until March, 2022. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah. So, we don't need to know every little thing that's going to happen. Okay, we got um, another movie that we don't need. Uh, Mad Max spinoff for Furiosa. Furiosa. Yep. With you know, Anna I... Taylor-Joy and Chris Hemsworth. Yep, and uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen has also been cast. And here's the interesting thing about mm-hmm. this. So they, they, they did the casting, but the film itself hasn't even been greenlit yet. So they're putting the cart before the horse. We're getting the actors, but we haven't officially got the you know official word that we're going to move forward with this film. But but George Miller's doing it, that like he did the uh, reboot with Matt, Mad Max a few years ago with uh, Charlize Theron and uh, Tom Hardy, which I still haven't watched it in its entirety. But uh, you know, I I enjoyed the original Mad Max trilogy with Mel Gibson and. Uh, you know, even the Mel's, well, we won't get about Mel right now, but <laughs> um, yeah, I I saw this and, you know, it was one of those items that I was like, okay, I'm looking for content to talk about this week. Uh, I, it wasn't one that I was super excited about. And then when I saw that it was not even officially greenlit, again, it's just sort of like, well, deadline and uh, the, everyone is doing this, this in the same boat that we're in, trying to, trying to Get, get people to talk about something. Yeah, I didn't know that it was not greenlit. Um, so this project will fail. All right. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or, yeah, or again, they, you know, I think they're trying to get the folks committed so they can at least get on their schedule. So, uh, so that once it finally does, and it probably will get greenlit, you know, they'll, they'll at least have, have them locked in so they, they don't have to work around some other film. Right. But but the thing is, it's it's inter- it's interesting casting because Chris Hemsworth, God love him, we all love Chris Hemsworth. But let's really think about this: what movie other than Thor or the Avengers has he been in that he has led that has been a success? Um, does Netflix count? No. Okay. What movie was he in on that? Remember, he had that action oh, adventure. Yeah, that wasn't a success. I think that there was has been other like B-rated, B-level action films released on Netflix that I think got more discussed than that one. I yeah. think even one starring Charlie's Theron herself. I'm blanking on the name tonight because I can't remember a damn thing right now. That's okay. Um, but but I just. I think, again, it's interesting casting because I don't think he has the best track record as much as we all. America loves Chris Hemsworth. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, we just don't go see his movies. And I think Anna Taylor-Joy is very similar where she made made a name for herself with um, the Split movie. But but ever since then, I mean, she was just in New Mutants and we we saw how well that worked out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yeah, she's stepping into the shoes of Charlize Theron's character, so she, you know, she will be the lead for this. So, um, yeah, and, and, and Hemsworth and, and Matina, they haven't announced who they're playing in, the, in this film. So again, I think it's just, you know, as I said, locking them in so they can get get it on their it, on their schedule, and 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 then we'll just sort of see where it goes from there. Yeah. Weird age difference too. If mm-hmm. if he's going to be a love interest, just just putting that out there. Uh, Regina King produced a new supernatural drama for the CW called Slay. Um, can we just change her name to Regina Queen? Exactly. Exactly. Can we? <laughs> like I know we have Queen B, but can we can we change it to Queen R? Uh, it doesn't sound as cool. I just. This woman is just having the time of her life. I think if anyone would consider 2020 to be a winning year, it's Regina. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. She, this, yeah, this project really sounds pretty cool too. It's uh, so, yeah, she's behind, behind the production and I guess it's going to be uh, uh, set in uh, the historic triangle of Virginia where it is. And so that's like Jamestown. Uh, Colonial Williamsburg and Yorktown, and so the, this area is a, it's a supernatural drama, and so mm-hmm. the, the lead character is a teenager who's got this kind of '70s vibe with her, as far as like Afro puffs, and you know she named uh, Carol Jones, and so uh, yeah, she's going to be you know it's like uh, it's going to basically protect this area from some of the supernatural forces that are that are going on in that area so it sounds pretty sounds pretty interesting looking forward to it once it once it gets produced yeah yeah and from one cw show runner of a supernatural drama to another one um i did not listen to this but i have a feeling that you did will but eric kripke led a q a following the boys um season finale yeah, yeah, it was uh, Sunday night. I just, I, I, I just actually just stumbled upon it uh, when I was just flowing through, bored, going through Twitter, and uh, yeah, it was, it was like about an hour. I guess yeah, he went over for about an hour of uh, just answering fan cute questions and so, you know, clarifying some things from season two as far as you know, whether or not Stormfront was killed um and of course he confirms that you know as they said in the finale you know she's in a undisclosed location and you know he's officially dubbed her little little stump front uh there was also discussion about black noir whether or not he survives uh and if he does uh some other just general questions about soldier boy and homelander and whether or not they uh are going to uh, I guess in the comic book, Homelander and Soldier Boy had a, had a sexual relationship. And oh my uh, God, I was just gonna say, were they butt buddies? <laughs> they were. They were. <laughs> not surprised. Very compl- not surprised. Yeah, not, yeah. So Kripke said that they're not going to integrate that aspect of their story into the into season three, but he did say that there is going to be a hero gasm, which sounds uh, and. It sounds like this hero gasm is a lot like Sex Patrol from Doom Patrol, as far as a big party. Where? Oh, okay. I yeah. was like, where are you going with this? Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, so that's so we're not going to get uh, we're not going to get broke back home Homelander, but we will get. Uh, Got it. Yeah, oh, we right. we will get the hero chasm. Yeah. Just just delivering all of the answers that the people want to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just the boys. I I especially after listening to Mark and Kevin earlier today talk about the boys season um, finale. I just continue to think about Homelander and the moment when he makes the decision to let everyone go mm-hmm. and including his son. And, and I just, I mean, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we hate him. He is despicable, but he's also the, the writer said such a good job to make sure you understood and you bought in. He is a father too. And to do that, oh, it's just, oh, I love it so much. Yeah, it, uh, I, I, you know, I might have to, I, I probably will do a rewatch of this, this past season because it was, I feel like, you know, as we were talking before, I'm glad that they did it over the course of eight weeks instead of mm-hmm. dropping them all at once. But I still feel like there's just so much that could be, you know, mine from from this season that i missed the first watch and so yeah i think i think i'm definitely gonna try to fit that in yeah and speaking about stormfront i would just say kid you should have gone for the head yeah (laughs) you get it it. avengers i got it (laughs) got it she did look a lot like thanos by the end of it she was pretty burnt up yeah she was pretty toasty (laughs) um what else you got on here? Anthony Daniels, Kelly Marine Tran, and Billy D. Williams will return for a Lego Star Wars holiday special because yeah. that's how desperate the world is right now. <laughs> well, I figured it was like when I saw I saw that one today, and I was just like, huh, you know, not you know, the world already has one Star Wars holiday special that you know. And that one should just be enough, but they are they are bringing this one out uh, this year, and uh, it, it will be animated, uh, Lego style. And uh, yeah, another thing I was kind of joking, I was like, are they trying to make nice to? I don't, I don't know if this is the best way to make nice to Kelly Marie Tran. <laughs> I know. I was. I was like, why is she doing this? But I think people just want to work right now. So yeah. hats off to you. Um, sci-fi classic character. Classic. But Sarah has no idea what I'm, <laughs> who this person is. Buck oh, wow. Rogers coming back to the big screen. And more after Legendary Pictures has a- acquired the rights to this IP that I don't. What is this a reference to? Yeah, so Buck Rogers. So, yeah, this is, this is a little before probably... You've probably seen this show on like that late night TV or cable somewhere, you know, sci-fi channel or something like that. So, um, but Buck Rogers has been around since like the thirties and, uh, he, he, rich, so he's, you've probably seen like no. spinoffs from him, like Flash Gordon and other pulp sci-fi characters. So well, basically Flash Flash Gordon, but yeah. what I've never heard of Buck Rogers. Yeah, so yeah, so Buck Rogers, he 
basically he was uh, he was he had a rip, basically he's like a Rip Van Winkle for sci-fi. So in the in the original story back in the day, he was uh, he was trapped in a coal mine for 500 years and then emerges in the 25th century. Uh, there was a t- television show in the late 70s uh, that aired for a couple seasons, uh, and uh, where instead now it was you know it was brought up to almost present day. He was an astronaut who left Earth in 1987 and um, was trapped in suspended animation for 500 years and then woken up by. Uh, uh, an empire, the Draconian Empire, which is the the adversaries for the Earth in the 25th century. Uh, so that so that's the that's the character. Uh, you probably you'll probably when you see it you'll be like oh yeah when you see a picture of it you'll be like oh yeah I remember, I've, I've seen this somewhere but that's yeah. essentially the yeah. character. Yeah, maybe not, maybe not. It was also yeah. So just like Battlestar Galactica was like you know remade in, in the early 2000s. Buck Rogers has been been. been tied up in legal battles and stuff so that's why they weren't able to do a revival until now because all the legal issues have been resolved and legendary pictures acquired the the rights to to the characters so now yeah they're they're planning on building a whole franchise around it yeah right in time for covid and uh, all of this uncertainty but perfect timing guys perfect timing to settle your differences yep um, the last bit of news that we do have is uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one killed me when I saw it on the rundown because I, I saw this tweet. Um, I didn't think anything of it. I certainly didn't think we were going to talk about it, but but whatever. <laughs> um, Stephen Amell tweeted out, this is why you never say never, shortly following the announcement that Dexter will return for a limited 10 episode run on Showtime. And it will star Michael C. Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never watched Dexter. Not a Me single neither. episode. Me I neither. I missed it. Yep. I, I, I know all about how it, it has arguably one of the most notorious um, bad season finales or series finales mm-hmm. yep. um, ever. Um, I think the whole last season people think is complete garbage. Most shows end like that. Um, yeah. Steven, 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 Steven. Um, <laughs> we we all talked- listen to your interviews. <laughs> <laughs> there are some other reasons why you never say <laughs> no. Move on. <laughs> and yeah. Steven, please, you should be saying, this is why you say never to CW again, but you tell HBO Max, hell yes, hell yes. Yep. <laughs> Which I guess the show is, I think it's in production, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw because I remember seeing the scene of training and getting ready for it. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's being shot in Atlanta, if I recall. Okay, I think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly, but that sounds, that sounds about right. Um, he he's had an interesting year. I'm gonna close this chapter and then announce I'm prepared for a new one and then COVID strikes because I think they were right about to go into full production when it when it hit. Yep. Um but but yeah, I I think they've started again and moving forward and 
still running his mouth on Twitter, yep. like, like good old Canadian. But um, I'll I'll always have a have a soft spot for him because yep. Yep. that's he is Oliver Queen. He is Oliver Queen, and I you know I I know how much you love Arrow and how how much we love talking about Steven. So when I saw that, I was just like, I gotta put that on here tonight. <laughs> No, no, he really didn't, but he chose to. <laughs> I chose, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it was my way of just giving you grief, like you always do for me with Flash, so. <laughs> okay, first of all, if listeners can back me up on this, please. Will has completely converted to the dark side on Flash Smack Talk. <laughs> you throw more shade than I do. I tend to throw my shade at... DCEU. <laughs> well, there's no dispute about that, but I, I, you know, I, I will admit there have been some moments that I have been critical. I will admit that, but I still love the show. It's called season six A. <laughs> season six A. There, yep. every time I think about and season five, yep. I always, I always think about the zombie episode that occurred. Where yeah. they were basically running around. And I don't even know if I finished that episode, Will. I really don't. But I do remember talking yeah. about it. And you also were very upset. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Let's talk about some shows that yeah. I'm actually not upset about. I've, I've done a complete deep dive into HBO Max. It took me a while, guys. It took me a while. Yeah. But um, I have... I watched Anna Kendrick's Love Life. I binged that in a day. It's delightful. Very, very much. Um, if you are have ever been a fan of the series Girls on on HBO, this is right up your alley, as is basically any romantic comedy about a girl who's trying to find love in the city. Um, it's it's great. Um, really interesting characters and story development. Um, I, this weekend, I actually did it, Will. I I stuck it up. I'm on episode six of Lovecraft Country. Okay. Episode six. I'm not all the way caught up, but after talking to my brother, who my brother loves this show, um, I, I pushed through and, and for whatever reason, I don't, the first three episodes were hard. I, I didn't really pay attention. Um, but the fourth episode and the fifth episode, I really like the fifth episode huh. because the fifth episode, they, 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 they do a body, body switch. Um, there's magic. This is Lovecraft country. There's a lot of supernatural elements happening on this show. Um, but it's all played against the backdrop of Chicago and segregation. And um, they, they do a, um, a metamorphosis, if you will, huh. of a character who is black and then is given the opportunity to experience char- um, being a white person. Huh. Um, and, and just the way that they, they, they examine through both of those lenses um, the the racism that exists and the um, because because this is still a woman 
transferring, only making a change to the color of her skin. So she's still a woman regardless. Right. Um, but I just, I, I that episode killed me. Um, and I'm finally at the episode where Lovecraft, I feel like when episode six draft, my timeline just blew up. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but it it is a hard... In my opinion, it's hard for me to get, it was hard for me to get into the show because it does um, genre bending Mm -hmm. to the extreme. (laughs) (laughs) Almost to the point where I will argue some of it is a bit cheesy. Uh However, I do see the advantage of how this is a very... um, it's everyone talks about how it's it's anthology, but it's not anthology. Um, there's there's these tales that occur within each episode where they're clearly pulling from a Lovecraft novel um, and inserting into this this larger conversation about um, in the '60s and and segregation and everything that occurred. So it's just, I don't know. It um I I think if you stick long with it, eventually you'll find an episode where you'd be like, okay, I get it now. Okay. Um for and I think that will change with everyone. Um some people may go into it. I think my brother really liked the third episode. Mm-hmm. Um oh, the second episode has a damn good ending. Damn good ending. Okay. But um yeah, this was my worst mini review I've ever given because it is a very hard story to explain without ruining anything. I understand. Yeah. No, I appreciate it because I'm still, you know, I, as I've told you, I, this is one that is on my, my watch list and I, I'm hoping, hopeful to get to it. So, but you, you, you've said enough now and, and that, I am sufficiently. I think you, you've pushed me over. I uh, over the edge. I will. I will definitely start this, uh, especially your description of the of the the fifth episode. Um, I, you know, I think that will that will definitely like. I'm like hmm, color me intrigued when you were t- when you were talking about that. So. Yeah, yeah. It it took me aback, and I was like, wait, wait a second. They're doing this. All oh, this is fascinating. I just I was yeah. all in. I was totally yeah. sucked into that episode yeah um and it's also weird to watch it knowing that jonathan majors who plays tick the mm. main character is gonna be it was announced as being cast as um cast as king the conqueror yeah, yeah. Um, because he is not he is not that character on the show <laughs> <laughs> very much not so it's very strange. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's like we haven't, he hasn't even like portrayed the character yet, but we already like yeah. It's like can't you can't quite see him as as the next role they've been cast in. But I'm sure he'll do a phenomenal job when he when he does. Oh, he's a he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, like, and I say pretty good because he um he's the straight man in the series. Okay. So and which I I I think we often when we look at series it's we it's very rarely do we latch on to the main character 
mm-hmm. because they have to be the quote unquote normal while everyone else around them is crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the intriguing characters that they bounce off of. Right. Um, but, but there, there are a few moments, I guess it's just, I think it's bizarre. He is such, still such a newcomer to know that he is this lead, this classic hero character to also then be announced at this, as cast as this huge villain in an, the MCU, that's just, oh, okay. Yeah. He will not be pigeonholed. <laughs> he will not be. He will definitely not be. <laughs> um, Another show that I've been watching that I really have fallen in love with, and and I'm not going to, I could do a, probably an hour seminar about why this show just is very haunting. Um, We are who we are. This show is not for everyone. Very much like Euphoria was not for everyone. Now, Will, you will be lucky to know that you are actually allowed to watch this show. Oh, thank you. Um, it will break your heart, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> I don't know if it'll break your heart, but I, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on it, to get your perspective. Okay. Um. This show is just, I, (laughs) there's so many things I could say about it, but in talking with my um, other people who have not seen it, I will say that what I have noticed is that this show is about gender identity and two kids who find themselves on the same military base in Italy realize that they, one is a currently a boy and a girl and realize that they're both experimenting with this other side of themselves. And so there's a connection, there's a pure friendship and then how that translates into um, a bigger conversation about how America views families and what is quote unquote normal. Um, Because both of these kids, one is a black girl, and her her parents are are black, and um, but also come from different perspectives because her dad is in the military. Very, he, you might actually hate her dad because he is clearly a Trump supporter. Um, but but her mom is from um, I think Uganda. I'm not sure. But also has some issues because she had has had to sacrifice so much for her dad because her dad is very conventional, uh, and uh, and there's all of these these little dynamics contrasted with the boy who is white but is raised by two lesbians. Huh. Both of them are in the military, and we learn this fascinating thing about how he is the biological son of of one of them and what that means in terms of their relationship because they have also fallen into these stereotypical roles of where well if you have two women or two men one is clearly taking the place of the mom and one's the father and all of that um and so this show very subtly allows you to see these ideas these traditional 
family values and ideas about motherhood and fatherhood, but in in very unique circumstances, like in a very unconventional way. Huh. And the contrast, it, it just it astounds me. Yeah, it, it sounds fascinating. Fascinating. I saw we, when I saw this on the rundown, I I, I did. Uh, just do a quick search to see what it was, you know, just to see what it was about, and uh, you know, it definitely, definitely was like, huh. I, I, I was looking forward to hearing your description of it from uh, after you've watched it, because uh, you, know, I, you know, I didn't really get that from the just from the overview and, and from Google. So, no, it surprised me because it, it is a very slow show. It um, takes a while. There's a lot of dicks. There's a lot of nudity. Um, I think the third episode, just skip. Third episode doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I say it because it's, it's just a stupid one-off episode that, that pisses me off because I'm like, what the heck is this? And the other night, they finally got back to the main story, and I'm like, thank God. Okay. Um, but, it's but. Sort of like, like, sounds like, sounds like what we just, when we were talking about Run. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It I I think it's it's still finding its legs, but there is just these moments that happen in every episode. Um the and, and specifically with Caitlin's father, who I think is the reason why I'm latching on because um you know this and I think listeners know this. I'm very close to my dad and seeing how their relationship because of the secret she holds and his fear for her and recognition that the, the girl he raised um, he's losing Mm -hmm. and trying to grasp onto that. There's just, there's just so many things. So I, again, I could go on for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Down so many scenes that I'm like replaying in my mind right now, because that's another thing about this show. This show cinematography and direction is, is like cinematic level. Wow. It's, it's very, it's very on par with Watchmen and other shows from HBO that are just like succession. Yeah. It's just, it's beautiful to watch. Mm. Wow. Well, that's high praise. So I, I got to figure out the workaround for, uh, for, uh, <laughs> to get HBO max. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my fire stick or on my, on my Samsung TV here. Cause that's the only thing that's keeping me, pulling me back right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, um, I don't know anymore, but I did notice that you put you've been watching the right stuff on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, this is on Disney Plus. It's a net, one of their shows they're doing in partnership with National Geographic. And so um, so far, there's only been two episodes. It just premiered uh, a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact. And so it chronicles the uh, exploits of the Mercury Seven astronauts, who were the first. Uh, American astronauts uh, in the space program. So, uh, c- cinephiles will probably know there's the the film, the right stuff that was done years ago. It had Sam Shepard as Chuck Yeager and um, Ed Harris played John Glenn, 
and Dennis Quaid was then it as uh, Gordon Cooper. Scott Glenn was uh, Alan Shepard. And it was a Phil Kaufman film, very glorious, very rah-rah, pro-space program, pro-America. It really captured, you know, it was a very grand film. And so this is a new show that um, is on Disney+. Plus, um, and I, I, I'm really enjoying it. It, you know, it, you know, because I, I love the film, The Right Stuff. It's one of my, it's on my, like, top ten list of, like, favorite films, you know, if, if it's on or if I'm, you know, wow. feeling, yeah, if I'm feeling like, you know, I just, you know, it's one of those, you know, hey, you have some movies you just like to rewatch over and yeah. over. Yeah. This is one of them. I mean, mm. it's for me. And so, you know, so I was very intrigued when I saw, I think it was either Comic-Con was when I saw the news that they were doing this. Uh, this year, and what I like about the this uh, the film is still is still it's not up there with the film. I will I will go ahead and say that right now. At least in the first two episodes, it's not. However, um, it's it's I, I like the way they are they have are retelling this story as far as how these gentlemen were selected, how early how this impacted their their families. Yeah. I feel like this, I will say that this uh, version is doing a better job so far of showing how their lives got turned upside down when they became America's superheroes. And, and, and especially early on when they hadn't even gone up into space. I mean, rockets were still blowing up on the launching pad, <laughs> you know, whenever, right. whenever these astronauts were selected. So, it's doing a good job of that. The film did a good piece of it as well. The other thing that I noticed so far is uh, how they, they are, just like the film, they are focusing on several key characters. So, uh, you know, the film's really focused on Alan Shepard, John Glenn, Gordo Cooper. Uh, then this TV show so far is doing the same. Uh, mm -hmm. But what's interesting is... Um, Ed, you know, Patrick. Uh, Patrick Adams. Adams is doing John Glenn. Yep. And his, you know, Ed Harris's portrayal steals better. Uh, Patrick Adams does capture Glenn's. You know, one thing I that they do capture is Glenn's is a natural showman, and and he was really the media savvy astronaut with in the core. And so they really do a good job of showing that and, and giving new examples in this new version as far as how Glenn was able to leverage his his already celebrity to, to help his his teammates as far as the Mercury 7. Um, mm -hmm. What's interesting is how they're treating Shepard and Cooper versus the the film, because, I mean, it's no, I mean, it's, you know, I, one of the things I was wondering, how adult were they going to be as far as Disney Plus? And and they you know for for Disney Plus it's you know it's it's you know it's TV fourteen you know so it's 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 um they you know they do touch on infidelity and Alan you know, and there was rumors of Shepard this the TV show definitely gets more into that than say the film does uh, the film kind of alludes to it whereas this one really gets into it a lot deeper yeah and, that's what the trailer showed yeah um. The film touched on it some, but not, you know, but you kind of, it was kind of implied, but this one, 
definitely, especially a notable scene between John Glenn and, and Alan Shepard when they were in training. Uh, Gordo Cooper is Dennis Quaid. Just you know, really, and that you know, really stood out as far as in, in the right stuff as far as his portrayal of Cooper. That Colin O'Donnell, Donna who plays Dual Gordon in this film in the TV version. Again, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to for all of the Once Upon a Time fans out there. <laughs> Look, <laughs> yeah, he, he he's a little bit more understated than Dennis is with his portrayal of Cooper, and I feel like the Alan Shepard version in, in the TV in the series on Disney Plus is a, is a lot feels to me more like the out the, the Gordon Cooper in the movie as far as the way Jake uh, McDormand's playing him. So those are just my early thoughts of the show. And of course the other astronauts have their moments too. But uh, again, I think it's a fresh take on a, a, a story, you know, it's, you know, it's obviously both the film and the TV show adapted from Tom Wolf's book. Uh, it's a fresh take on it. It's a, it's a good take on it. And I, I'm definitely going to, to stick with it. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was very enjoyable. If folks are fans of the space program or fans of that era, you know, definitely watch it. Completely recommend it. Or my age and fans of, um, I don't know, Once Upon a Time. I think James Lafferty is in the show as well. Yeah. One True Hill, One Tree Hill, One True Hill. Pretty Little Liars. You got Patrick Adams. Yeah. I mean, suits. So, so, and then there's Greek with James McDormand. Um, yeah. Which, when, so I didn't know about this. And then I think last week I stumbled upon the trailer. And because I, I'm pretty sure I follow like five of those people on Twitter. Okay. And so they kept blowing up the timeline. And I'm like watching it. I'm like, oh my God, they took all of these actors from these shows where. <laughs> 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 I just feel like this show is me reliving my adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Whatever gets you hooked. <laughs> on at least two of them for sure. Yeah. I know yeah. which two. But damn. <laughs> Next thing you know, Chad Michael Murray's in a pop-up and a few yeah. other, like, Scott Michael Foster. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. I just could not get over that. I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, hey, whatever gets you hooked, uh, you know, and you can learn a little bit of history as well, even though obviously it's dramatization, but, you know, still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dramatization and how many, I mean, we're just obsessed with space, apparently, obsessed with space. Yeah. Um, we do have, um, just just to briefly touch on this, we will not be having mini reviews and news um, like tonight, much longer, just a few more weeks until the Mandalorian returns and then WandaVision later on in the year. Yeah. Um, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. You know I'd... what? We are yeah. so, Jesus, Will, we are off our game. You know what I just realized that we have not talked about? What's that? That we completely skipped over. <laughs> We skipped over this crazy idea that Sony and M and Marvel are going to have not one, but three Spider-Mans. You know why? Third Spider-Man movie. You, you, and you know why I, I didn't like stop you? Because Sony came out today and said, it's unconfirmed. Of course they're going to say that. But also, 
I mean, of course they're going to say that. And but also what I saw, I saw that, and you know, I saw it trending over the last couple days, and you know, so it got to the bottom of the source, and it was Andy Signore, who was the who was the root of of this rumor. From you yeah, know, yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, yeah, and you know, his source sources, my sources. So. You know, I, I saw that and I just kind of like, OK, whatever, you know, you know, there's there's people out there who, you know, sometimes they get, they strike gold. Grace Randolph with Randolph with the, the Snyder Cut <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and then there's other people who just like to get clicks. So I put this one in the category, get clicks. You know, if only you could have stopped me sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, so all this week when that rumor has been flying, um, floating around, I did not realize it came from him. Um, oddly enough, I, I've seen some of his videos, um, where he tries to dignify everything that happened and give his version of events. Very interesting. Um, very similar to that stupid stupid son of a bitch Blake Jenner who released his whatever you want to call it um about his relationship with Melissa Benoist where he acknowledges that there was physical abuse yeah um but he was abused too Jesus Christ who is your damn PR person and let you release that because you're not working again no actually his PR person probably resigned when he saw that (laughs) yeah Probably the same PR person for Andy Signor, but yeah. um, all right then. Well, so. I mean, it, it could it, it could very well, you know, that we get we got it covered, folks. Again, you know, like you know, sometimes you know, the sun, you know, sunshine's on the you know back end of a dog's ass at least every once in a while. So you know, maybe he got it right. We'll see. Well, now they're talking about three movies. I don't. I don't know. At this point, I just want Black Widow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just exactly. want random vision. I, mean, I just want, I just want yeah. something. And and of course, Sony. Sony. This honestly, will I think if it, if this was just a Sony project, I'd be like, yeah, they're gonna do that and screw it up even worse. Um, because Sony is all about overpopulation. Marvel knows better. Yeah. Marvel knows how to just put just enough. Just the right amount of stuff in something. Yeah, yeah, because it's um, already yeah, because for a single for a, a film like this, I mean, you already have Benedict Cumberbatch, you already have Jamie Foxx, you clearly have Tom Holland. You don't need any more at this point. You have Zendaya. I mean, I mean, it's already pretty loaded. <laughs> so, and, and I we just, already have Into the Spider Verse. Yes. Which you don't. What is with this idea that, oh, that animated movie did really well. Let's try to do it in real live action. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You don't have to. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I did want to talk about it. It's not that I, I, it was mainly just to be like, okay, folks, just put on the brakes. Just, you know, check your sources. 
don't you know i mean you know i saw it and i was like huh so I, you know so I, I did start looking i'm like let's see that the rap or variety or you know some legitimate source said it instead of some just somebody just trying to get clicks and trying to redeem themselves because they're they're a piece of shit but it wasn't the case yeah yeah, yeah. um I'm so glad we're ending on this sour note. <laughs> Took us to a dark place. I apologize for that. No, no. And... Well, let's let's. But I'll, well, I'll end it up on a nice, uplifting note. Yes, Mandalorian is coming. And there was a great article if you if you're into this kind of stuff uh, up from um, Variety this week, uh, talking about Pedro Pascal, and also even uh, John Favreau. I think today there was another positive article where they were talking about. How they could potentially, they could you know could convert Mandalorian into into a into a film because of of the um, way they, they they shoot this particular show. So you know let's just end on a high note that we got something positive to look forward to at the end of this month. Yeah, and um, they will be dropping Black Widow on yeah. streaming platforms, so that's yeah. been all but confirmed. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is it for us <laughs> and this lost lost episode will why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you you can find me at will in polk w-i-l-l-m-p-o-l-k and you can find me at sj belmont s-j-b-e-l-m-o-n-t please follow our crew on twitter at scene and nerd friend us on facebook false on instagram but most importantly rate subscribe and comment on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts good night geek out you're welcome